Welcome to HubShot's episode 163. We talk about artificial intelligence and HubSpot, attribution reporting, and the $130 ceramic mug. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, marketing, and service results. My name is Ian Jake from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I look really good, except my coffee is a little bit cold. If only there were a solution to that problem. And I will give you one oh, as the show goes on, Craig. Coming up so in just shot hold on. seven, okay. All right, so I want to talk about our inbound thought of the week, Craig. And we've spoken about artificial intelligence before in previous episodes and how that relates to HubSpot. But I thought, let's take a step back because some of us throw this term around and we don't really get it. We don't really fully understand it. And it was even revealing to me as to what it was and how it came about. Well, that's right, because artificial intelligence, surely that's just killer robots, right? That's right. So I'm going to read to you a bit about how it originated And we're going to just talk about some of the things that we like that HubSpot are using artificial intelligence to do to make our lives easier on a day-to-day basis. So artificial intelligence was first coined back in 1956 by a Dartmouth professor called John McCarthy, where he called a group of computer scientists and mathematicians to see if machines could learn like young children do. And using trial and error, they developed formal reasoning. So what I'm going to say after this, in the early 2000s, AI was still mainly in the hands of experts. But in the last few years, it's become commonplace for two reasons. Firstly, huge amounts of data being created every minute. In fact, they say in in more than 90% of the world's data has been generated in the past two years. And secondly, our computers are faster than ever. They can make sense of vast wealth of new information in seconds. And with that in mind, HubSpot is using artificial intelligence within its system to do certain things. So I'm going to highlight three things. You will see in HubSpot, it now finds duplicate contacts. So in the contacts tool under actions, you can find duplicate contacts because it's, it's run over the data to find what could be potentially duplicated. Number two, Craig? Well, you've actually got to hear about loading data and matching. So importing data and how it's just, it seems to know where the data is going to end up. Correct. It actually does a pretty good job. And then understanding, you know, what type of field it is and so on. And number three is importing scans. And this is to do with email. So when emails are imported, it scans the list for potential deliverability problems. Now you might go, but why? But it's all about keeping it clean, right? And I've seen this when I've imported things in before where it'll automatically mark an address as uh, undeliverable or not going to send email to because it may be marked as spam, for example. I'm like, how did it know that? Anyway, it does it. So it's, it's available. Now, there is one really interesting quote that you picked out. Yeah, that's right. And actually, we should just mention all of what we've talked about here is coming from Ari's uh, blog post on the HubSpot blog. It's really good. He goes into this in a bunch more detail detail and a few more examples. But he's actually talking about personalization, by the way. That's the topic for our HubSpot user group tomorrow night. By the time you have heard this, we'll have had the user group meeting. Hope you were there. Hope you enjoyed it. But anyway, personalization, he talks about the fact that when it comes to AI, it actually allows you to make um, decisions that are too broad for human 
minds to um, process. And so basically, AI helps you to scale personalization. I think that's a really good way to think about it. Yes. And of course, we know there's other areas in uh, especially marketing across the stack. And I'm sure HubSpot's got this in mind with, you know, just their um, advertising tools and all those kinds of things. So it's really stunning, but it's really just about optimizing and scaling decision-making to make smart decisions. Now, you pointed out a really good blog and really encourage people to go have a look at this. If you go to this is marketing blog. No, this marketing blog does not exist. Dot com. com. That's that's a long URL, but yeah, this marketing blog does not exist. Dot com. Check it out because that is a blog that is entirely written and actually built by artificial intelligence. So not only is all the content just generated automatically by artificial intelligence, but the, the authors author. and the authors' photos, they're not real people, they're not real names. It's all just made up. And it's just a good example of how yeah, the, how it's the, working. The, the, the little mini robots in That's artificial right. intelligence can build all this stuff. Basically, you have an army of robots at your disposal. I think this is what people don't realize as marketers and, well, in a lot of professions. Think of Google, just the, the Google search engine. It's just this army of robots just crawling the web, just doing all of this stuff at massive scale. And as marketers, we have this at our fingertips to do. Let's put those little robots to work. And thanks, HubSpot, for implementing it in your product. That's right. All right, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And we're going to talk about attribution reports in HubSpot. Yeah, and this is uh, also based on a blog post, a good blog post, I thought, from HubSpot That's blog. That's right. And this is because we often get these questions from people that we talk to and we deal with on a daily basis. And they go, what does this mean? Like, what does it mean that this contact was assisted what can I make sense out of this? Yeah, that's right. So attribution reports are really, well, about providing attribution back to a point. So is it the blog post where people started? Is Correct. it the resource that they came from? Is it a refer, et cetera? Now, I'm actually going to say two things. I'm going to say one, it's good, and two, it's useless. Okay, so just let me explain that. Because attribution reports, for starters, you need pro and above to access them, but really you need enterprise to get the full value you actually out of need it. data. Yeah, and plus you need a lot of data. That's exactly right. However, and one of the people might say, oh, well, I don't have enterprise. Is it worth paying enterprise to get these attribution reports? And I'm going to say for most people, no, it's not. And I'll tell you why, because when I analyze, well, we've both got enterprise portals, but when I analyze data for some, and we've got a lot of data in some of our brands, we analyze it and the attribution reports often don't give much more insight over just general reports. And I think this is something that people need to understand. For attribution reports to give you actionable insight, you need really clean data. So if the data is wrong, you know, the referral source is wrong, or you didn't tag it properly, if it came from paid ads and all that kind of stuff, if it's wrong, it's not going to give you some magical insight into attribution that you didn't know before. In fact, it probably confounds you. And the other thing is that you almost need to be saying, what's the question I'm asking here? Rather than, I think people often go to a report and go, oh, so tell me some insight. And really, you've actually got to be thinking about, well, what's the question that I want answered here? And that's how you have to approach reporting in many ways to get any value. And we know this from Google Analytics as well, which has had attribution reports, well, for free <laughs> since forever. It does give you some insights. But then again, it's also about the data. That's right. Sure it's in place. And I think it's also understanding the types of attribution that's available to you. You know, there's time decay, there's last touch, there's first touch, there's first and last touch. You know, when I first saw this, I was like, what the? <laughs> and so you've got to understand what you're trying to actually get 
or how it's going to affect the results you want to see. So, yeah, and, and I think you better. Sometimes you're better coming in with a question such as, "Oh, is it really worth doing X?" Well, let's see what attribution highlights for us. Because if you just go, "Oh, I'm going to pull up the attribution report and see what it magically shows you," it's possibly not going to show you anything else that just say a general sources report would show you. Okay. And especially if data is dirty or not particularly clean possibly even more misleading anyway good blog post around attribution reports if you want to dive into it if you do have an enterprise portal you know the other thing i'll say you know when you analyze data do you feel like the hubspot reports is slow yes i know they've got to crunch a lot of data but i'll bet uh, you know what i'm predicting i'm an inbound <laughs> they'll say we've increased the reporting crunch time by a thousand percent because waiting for these reports yes people ain't got time for that sometimes so we, when you say waiting for the reports you talk about the visualization of the report sorry the visualization versus yeah. the data that we're actually seeing yeah it's pretty good at collecting the data but yeah. yeah creating that visualization especially on those attribution reports if you've got a big data set Correct. takes a while yes all right craig onto our hubspot sales feature of the week and this came from talking to one of my customers and they were like, how do I track a document? And if, if it's in an email and someone forwards it to somebody else and I want to know if that person read that document, how do I do that? I'm like, I've got just a tool for you. It's called the documents tool. And what this allows you to do is actually keep a library of content that your entire team can use. What I love about it is it's a central location that you can store the content. So for a couple of clients, we use things like the brochures that they often send people, price lists. So price lists often get changed on a quarterly basis. So keeping this all in sync for sales is really important. And also when you're using them in templates, you can call the documents and they will automatically pull in the right documents for you. But what I wanted to share was this feature about being able to track. So you can, when you share it, you can say, look, I want to share it with this person with this particular email. And if they need to actually, if, for example, if they pass that on or they share that with somebody else, there is an option to require an email address to view the document. So people have to stick their email in to view the document. That's where this tracking can happen. Now, obviously, anything can be gamed, like you know. So just be aware of this when using that feature. Because as people get more savvy, they will decide not to do that. Yeah, we call this the test at test.com <laughs> problem, which is when everyone, whenever someone's prompted to put an email address in to access something, it's test at test.com. But look, that's an indicator in itself. If someone doesn't want to put their email address in, they're probably not high intent anyway. So right. it can be a qualifier or a disqualifier in some ways. That's right. And the other thing I forgot to mention is that the reporting on the documents, understanding who's opening it or how many people have opened it, what time they've spent on each of the pages. And if you're the contact owner, that will get sent to you as to which pages they spent the most time on, I which, think which I find really useful. I think that's a really key feature about it, that time on page. And as we've said before on the show, if you see someone open, flick, 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 pricing page, leave quickly. Yes. You know, it's, that's a bad sign. Okay. But if they flick, zoom down to pricing page, linger there, oh, yeah, and then go back and start reading the rest, yep. very good sign. So there you have it. All right, Craig, the HubSpot got you of the week. Just a reminder about styling HubSpot forms. I was embarrassed about this because I cloned a form for a page and then I put it on a WordPress site. Yes. And uh, the styling wasn't working. I was like, what's going on? I've embedded the same way I'm calling the native styling from the site. What? It's not working. 
what's going on? It's ex- I've cloned the form. It should be working, right? So I contacted HubSpot support. They came back and very sweetly told me, oh, there's an option on the options page, basically to make it an unstyled form so it works on your site, right? And I knew this because I'd actually told people this because they'd asked me about this problem, I think, a couple of months ago. And I'd said, oh, it's an option. Just completely forgotten about it. So it's one of those things you trick yourself because you duplicate, you clone a form. You think, Correct. oh, it'll carry over all the settings. But just a reminder that that unstyled form setting is on the options. Yes. Now, I would like it if that was actually on the styling and preview form tab of the form, right? You're going through the form. I'd like to go, oh, styling and preview. No, don't use HubSpot styling. I just want to, it makes sense if it's there, right? I'm just saying that so that I don't feel so dumb. But anyway, if you've uh, fallen into that trap as well. It uh, is an option, Craig. Remember that option, (laughs) yes. All right, marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this marketing came about because I was helping a customer send out some emails and it got flagged as having a high number of bounces. And there was this really lovely message in uh, my portal saying, if you don't resolve this, you will be banned from your account. (laughs) Oh, you got one of those as well. We got one of those the other day. (laughs) Right. So I contacted HubSpot support. I'm like, so firstly, I went to find out why this has happened. Yeah. I then created, from all the bounce, I created a list of all the bounce contacts so I could exclude them off any future sends as an interim solution. I then contacted HubSpot support to figure out whether this would be sufficient to do, to which the answer was, yes, it would be. Obviously, it's not a permanent solution. It kind of gave me the option. Actually, what I ended up doing was, from that list was assigning the contacts back to the owner as a task to actually go and find out what was wrong with it or why it was wrong. Oh, how many contacts are we talking about? Um, there were probably about 20 to 30 contacts oh. per person in sales. So okay. it wasn't huge, mm-hmm. but in the whole list, it was still like 100 contacts, mm-hmm. right? So that was one. They told me to load an unsubscribe list in there, which I then asked <laughs> what happens when I need to send emails when once it's been uh, fixed? And they said, oh, that would be rather hard. So I went, mm, that's not a good idea. But then they came up with a solution where you can actually verify emails and it's called Never Bounce and it's real-time verification and email cleaning where you can actually load this list in bulk and it'll check to see that address is valid. So I think this is a really useful tool to probably use before you're importing data in to actually verify and check that it is clean and flag those issues prior to the load. I had a similar experience. I was telling you about this um, the other day before. We pulled a whole bunch of contacts out of one portal and imported them into another portal. So there's about 8,000 contacts out of one portal, imported into another portal. Now, we only exported out the ones that hadn't bounced, didn't have any issues, yep. so they were fine and engaged, imported them in. And about 10% of the list bounced straight away. We're actually still trying to work out why. So we're Mm. actually going through this process with HubSpot support. Okay. What's going on? So we actually were wondering if there was something like because it's in another portal, maybe there's a different IP address range or something that's being sent from or something weird. So, But what we'll do is we'll use a tool like this. I think this is a good tip. We'll upload them into there and just see what it gives us back, whether it thinks they're clean or not. And it also does connect in with HubSpot if you do need to use it. All right, on to our insight of the week, Craig. You've got some Google My Business updates. 
Yeah, I just wanted to mention this because, yet again, Google My Business is so important for businesses. It is. And a reminder to people, set up your profile or claim it and make sure you keep it updated. It's still free, which is incredible. By the way, don't hold your breath. Surely they're going to be charging for premium features soon. I can't believe it. You know how years ago we're going, oh, one day HubSpot's going to get rid of the keyword tool, and finally it came. We are very sad about that. One day Google My Business is going to start charging for their business profiles, you know, like a premium tier. We'll be really sad when that happens. But until that does, take advantage of it. Can you Google My Business profile up to date? Anyway, some of the new features they're putting in, they're going to have short names. They're going to have other tools within it. And the reason I wanted to raise it, and it's kind of inside of the week, is because you know how Google had Google Plus and that's all died, right, and gone. And everyone's like, oh, they, they couldn't do social. Yes. Google My Business is their social by stealth. I really think because now you have posts you have on your Google My Business um, profile, you can have videos, you have photos, you have events, you can have offers. offers, you can have contact us by text. They haven't yet got just like straight messaging real time there, but messaging in a sense is there. It's becoming their LinkedIn page and their Facebook page, company page. It's Google My Business. So I call it their social by stealth business social by stealth and i just folks you got to get onto this if you're not doing it and not updating it that's right and you know i saw a really interesting thing the other day that they've introduced is that if you when you initially sign up you can actually give a one-time offer to the person that actually follows or signs up to your page which i thought was rather interesting so there's another opportunity to entice people to actually follow your business or right that's interesting yeah well the thing i saw they've added short names so at yes. the moment you just have a short name. What do you do with it? Well, not much, but at some point there's going to be your at short naming people and talking this conversation going in. It's, you know. So that's right. So opportunity, I would actually get on top of that. Now, is it time for a coffee? Oh, it's a bit cold. I know it is, Craig, but let me share a solution with you. There is a mug called the Ember Ceramic Mug and it can prolong the enjoyment of your coffee and tea as it's the world's first temperature-controlled mug. But tell him the price, son. It's a cool $130, Craig. That's $130 Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and their travel mug is more expensive. So, folks, check this. You've got to see it because here's, here's the mental shift. The mental shift I went through. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is a joke. Like they've got an app connected mug if it works with apple watch craig and and yeah i thought this is a joke someone's you know having a go right and and then it's available at the apple store (laughs) we're laughing about this before but here's the mental journey that you go on you go oh this is a joke someone's having me on and then you go oh actually it's not a joke and then you go 130 bucks who in their right mind would pay 130 bucks for a mug and then you go you know what that mug could be kind of handy and then by the end of the day you're going it's only 130 bucks to keep my coffee warmer for. I haven't bought one yet, but I'm getting close. So, listeners, check this out. Who would you buy a ceramic mug? Well, that, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, it's a very stylish mug, I have to admit. It's a beautiful site. They've done really well. Yeah. Yes, it's beautifully designed. It has one hour of battery life and it has a charging coaster that you can stick it on and it will. Saying the temperature range between 50 and 62 and a half degrees Celsius. And you know what? It just looks really nice. It looks really nice. And I was reading some of the reviews of this. People are saying it's life-changing. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> They're saying it's life-changing because 
instead of having to go over to the microwave and, you know, reheat their coffee or get another cup of it, they just have a nice hot cup of coffee or tea all morning and they're, they're reading the paper and all that. And I was like, well, you know, there's worse things to spend money on, I guess. Correct. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's our product of the week, Craig. So if any listener has one, tell us what you think. I'd love to Yeah, know. that's right. So if you're in the US, it's seventy nine ninety five. It's a bargain. And you can get it at Starbucks or an Apple store. <laughs> you should see the video. We put a link to the YouTube video. It's like this, such an aspirational, you know, the music Absolutely. and everything. It's like, it's a mug. <laughs> <laughs> now, since we're all in marketing and sales, you know, there's a lot we can learn from this. So I encourage you to have a look. All right, Craig, the resource of the week, and this is a Facebook one-sheeter guide from John Luma. Now, we love John Luma. And this one is good as well, but folks, check this out for the maximum number of CTAs he's managed to push into a blog post. He's set a new record, I reckon. That's right. So while reading it, just take a note. And I love how the CTAs are prefaced by said a message from John. (laughs) So there you go. I mean, there's actually almost more CTA content in the post than actual content. (laughs) You know what's interesting? It's like he's, he's not giving up about testing new stuff, right? And he can clearly see he's testing different things and measuring what's working. So, Oh, he's the master. I, I love his stuff. Yeah. And, so, and I will put, happily put up with all those CTAs because his content is so good. Correct. Yeah. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And this is from a book that you have read and I am listening to it currently called Stealing Fire, How Silicon Valley, the Navy Seals, and Maverick Scientists are revolutionizing the way we live and work by Stephen Kotler. So here it is. The second is trickier. The person who knows what to do next is the leader. We're entirely non-hierarchical in that way. But in a combat environment, when split seconds make all the difference, there's no time for second guessing. When someone steps up to become the new leader... Everyone immediately automatically moves with him. It's the only way we win. I think that's a really interesting quote. The person who knows what to do next is the leader. That's right. And that's what I wanted to highlight with this quote because it was fascinating. I mean, there's lots of examples in this book. And I think we can learn a lot from just understanding how Navy SEALs operate and how they actually get into the flow of operating at that level that they do so think about in your business in your team what's happening well i think if you're in a leadership position as opposed to just managerial by the way managers and leaders are different beasts but leadership yeah is really about knowing what to do or deciding what to do next and then leading the way i find these books good i like this is not a book you read to learn marketing tactics correct but it is a book you learn how to go right this is the way people think and this is how the way the world works and this is how leadership is manifested in, in activities that go on. So, yeah, I love these kinds of things that always kind of expand your thinking. And on that happy note, we have a few bonus links for the week. We would love you to leave us a simple star rating on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that you listen to us on. And until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hub Shots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.